Very nice, Nick. Sorry, that was the best ever. Yeah, you are the castrati. <laughs> I am. I can never really look at you in the same way again. <laughs> Dedicate part two. Yeah, I know everyone's hanging for this, so let's oh jump straight into it. Do they have a part at the end that says go to church? Oh, there that is a be... go to church part in it. We have touched on it a little bit, but they talk about the Lord's Day, so that's that's a good part. That's a good Coming one. Let's try and leave that for last if we can remember to do that. Cool. Yeah, let's do five and six, the way of death. So we finished the way of life. Uh-huh. We're in the middle of a bit. We've just finished the virtue list. Now we're starting the vice list. So that was that was, that was was the positive stuff. Now we're getting into the negative stuff. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay. All right. All right. So ready. first one, chapter Chap- five. Chapter five. But the way of death is this. <coughs> first of all, it is wicked and full of cursing, murders, adulteries, lusts, fornications, thefts, idolatries, witchcrafts, charms, robberies, false witnesses, hypocrisies, a double heart, fraud, pride, malice, stubbornness, covetousness, foul speech, jealousy, impudence, haughtiness, boastfulness. Hmm. Verse 2. There we go. Persecutors of the good, haters of truth, lovers of lies, knowing not the reward of righteousness, not cleaving to the good, nor to righteous judgment, spending wakeful nights, not for good, but for wickedness, hmm. from whom meekness and patience is far, lovers of vanity, following after reward, unmerciful to the poor, not working for him who is oppressed with toil, without knowledge of him who made them, murderers of children, corrupters of God's creatures, turning away the needy, pressing the distressed, advocates of the rich, unjust judges of the poor, altogether sinful. May ye be delivered, my children, from all these. Mm. There is um, no full trees there at all. No full trees. What's up with that? I, mean, I now, think... It wasn't, I think there's another translation. It talks about corruptors of children. Uh, okay. Um, you know, causing youth to stray into sexual stuff, but okay. it's not coming through in this translation. <laughs> okay. So yeah. that, that may be somewhere in another translation so people can look out for that. I mean, it's, it's full on, right? It's like, a, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, not, it's nothing bad about it. It's just, it's just like, wow. Yeah. Go there, you know, list yeah, them. It's the imperative without the indicative. Exactly. Right. Totally. Okay, well, let's press on. Chapter 6. Cool. So this is now looking at issues relating to idols. So it goes on, See that no one make thee to err from this way of the teaching, for he teaches thee without God. For if thou canst bear the whole yoke of the Lord, thou wilt be perfect. But if thou canst not, do what thou canst. And concerning food, Bear what thou canst, but keep strictly from that which is offered to idols, for it is the worship of dead gods. Such an interesting mix of, of stuff going on there. I mean, in some sense, yeah. it reminds me a little bit of John, you know, in that you've got the whole, um, you know, almost that same kind of randomness coming through in, in just that, um, you know, listen, here's the bottom line. If, if they... If they practice righteousness, they are righteous. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then he's like, little children, yep. keep yourself from idols. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like yep. you have to you have to take a while to get used to John in the way that he like rolls like that. And it's it's got that feel to it. And I'm just wondering if they took their cues stylistically from from that sort of thing. Yes. Well, I mean, James is quite similar that way. Yes. And it's that's a typically Jewish uh, epistle. 
Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah this seems to be the way they did it. But it's just an interesting. And Paul, blend. as a rabbi, has yeah. Yeah. Paul, as a rabbi, does have little sections in his epistles. Right. Um, that are quite similar. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's almost someone described it to me once as they, you know, just thinking in terms of contemporary uh, mental approaches. We do this when we click on hyperlinks. You know, we get on a, um, a website <laughs> and we, re we read a, an article. And instead of reading the whole thing through, we click on the link and they go to the next website. And then we read that and then we click on the link. And it's, it's <laughs> yeah, it's kind of what they're doing mentally. You know, they just keep on clicking the link. And it's just a helpful way to process that. But it means that stuff like this that seems horribly random actually starts making some sort of trailable sense you know if you follow them through yeah. that way yeah cool well that was that was chapter five and six those are the vice lists yeah and uh just lots of sins to avoid yeah. um now it gets into <coughs> baptism and the lord's supper there is a the troubling Eucharist. lack of of indicative <coughs> imperative and gospel basically um there is a little bit of faith coming up but it's right. it's minor and, and yeah. it's like if it wasn't coming up in this section then oh my goodness you know where is it going to come up? But yeah, you think like, dude, there's just hardly any, I suppose it's just at one level, it's the stuff that we really value today in light of the Reformation and in light of everything. But, um, and so we don't want to, uh, you know, maybe they just weren't coming out of quite from that angle, but at the same time, you know, this is the gospel we're talking about and you do see it come through in the new Testament. So they've strayed yeah. a little bit in that sense. So yeah. Anyway. All right. Concerning baptism, you're going to read it for us. You're helping me out with my voice here. Thank you. Yeah, sure. Right. Concerning baptism. So baptized thus, mm -hmm. having first rehearsed all these things. So there's the memorization aspect. Mm -hmm. Baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. in running water. So yes. there's your Trinitarian baptism. And they're Baptist. Yeah. And they're Baptist. Yeah. So this is a first century document. We've got the Trinitarianism coming through. So this is obviously... Uh, they would have known about the Gospel of Matthew, and so there's a quote from that. They also are quoting from the Sermon on the Mount, so they obviously uh, are, are familiar with it. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, Trinitarian, fantastic. And so when it says running water, there are one or two options. They don't mean, mean the living tap. water, like a river. They don't mean, like, put the tap on. Well, there were aqueducts and those sorts of things. Oh, so right. It's possibilities. is aqueducts and, you know. Yeah. I think, but probably it's a river. Probably yeah. it's a river, or you know, but like it's a full body of water, though. You know, the fact that that in yes. verse three he talks about, oh, where, where is it? Um, oh no, the next, where is it? Somewhere it says, um, you know, you can pour three, three times. Verse three, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's read. So verse two. But if thou hast no running water, so if if you got no river nearby, mm -hmm. baptize in other water. So a bath, a baptistry. Mm -hmm. And if thou canst not in cold, so cold water being preferable, mm -hmm. then in warm. I'm sure they got that backwards. Yeah. That's so weird. <laughs> but yeah, wow. Interesting. Okay. I agree with yeah. verse three. I think verse three is great. I would also do this. This is so good. Yes. But if thou hast neither Pour water three times yes. on the head Effusion. in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's immersion. <coughs> Otherwise, as a concession, in the case where the we, where these conditions cannot be met, let's do effusion or mm. pouring. Mm. And so this, if 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 there's any evidence of a first century practice of baptism, mm. um, this would be it. This bears a lot of weight. Um, it's yeah. the, one of the earliest documents that we have outside yeah. the scriptures, and the next one also eliminates infants from the mix. Verse uh -huh. 4 says, uh, 
And before the baptism, let the baptizer and him who is to be baptized fast mm, mm, and any go. others who are able. Totally. And thou shalt bid him who is to be baptized to fast one or two days before. Now, and I so think the I'm, common I th- practice of, ba- of fasting. Yeah, no, sorry, just to interrupt there. I'm just, uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, there is a book called Baptism in the Early Church by Stunder and Lowe. They're actually South African Presbyterians who wrote a book that's, um, you know, basically showed it's become one of the most authoritative early church um, books just dealing with uh, the various uh, dedicates in there. But um, just texts like that, that very point that you just read uh, becomes so important in helping us find out what the practice of the early church was. And and um, you see that kind of thing just peppered right throughout the, the writing. So it's just uh, worth checking out yeah. if you were interested in that. Um, it, it's interesting because both of those guys who wrote that were Presbyterian scholars and they both basically said, listen, we can't honestly hold that that was our, the early church view. So it's a, it's a powerful book yeah. in that regard. Yeah, so that's chapter 7, mm-hmm. uh, just four verses on baptism, Trinitarian, immersion, and they recommend fasting, so that's obviously a non-biblical requirement, mm-hmm. but they took it seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, then the next chapter is fasting, chapter 8, mm-hmm. fasting and prayers. The hyperlink, you see? The hyperlink happened. Did it? Yeah, because it's like <laughs> fast when you baptize now. Let's talk about fasting. Ah, uh, yes, I see what you mean. Yeah, Let not your fasts be with the hypocrites. Mm-hmm. They fast on Mondays and Thursdays. Ah. But you... You need to fast on Wednesdays and Fridays. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. oh, well, that's random. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry. And fasting twice a week, pretty pretty typically it's Jewish. Pretty uh, Charles we Wesley go. adopted that practice as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there we go. Cool. Okay. Verse two. <coughs> and do not pray as the hypocrites, but as the Lord commanded in his gospel, pray thus, and here's the Lord's prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so also upon earth. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into trial, but deliver us from the evil one, for thine is the power and the glory forever. So that long ending to the prayer there, which we also find in Matthew, which isn't in earlier documents, Bruce Metzger reckons that that's uh, an addition from Chronicles, Mm. which was added to the prayer. Interesting. And so here's a first century... um, lengthened version of the Lord's Prayer. So mm. it's not in Matthew or Luke's Gospel, mm. the earliest manuscripts that we have. But here's a first century document that does have it outside. Um, so it is was a, it was an early church practice, even if it's not necessarily Scripture. Yeah. And then verse 3, pray like Daniel, pray thus three times a day. Boom. There we go. Yeah, Easy. Daniel, Daniel patterns of prayer. So again, Jewish, the Jewish practice. You got to fast on Wednesday and Friday, and you got to pray that three times a day, and you're done. It's all good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. Let's let's look at chapter nine, the all Eucharist. Right. And now, concerning the Eucharist, hold the Eucharist thus, or concerning concerning the Thanksgiving, give thanks thus, uh-huh. uh, depending on your translation. But that's what Eucharist means, Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Verse two. First, concerning the cup. Mm-hmm. And this is a prayer that would have been prayed in the first century. Mm-hmm. We give thanks to thee, our Father. So prayer is addressed to God, the yeah. Father. Mm-hmm. For the holy vine of David, thy child. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Christ says, I am the vine. Yeah. So there's, there's the, the thing of the grape and the vine being brought in together here. For the That's holy solid. vine yeah. of David, thy child, mm-hmm. which thou 
this make known to us through Jesus, thy child, mm -hmm. to thee be glory forever. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And then verse 3, and concerning the broken bread, another prayer, mm -hmm. we give thanks, our Father, for the life and knowledge which thou dost make known to us through Jesus thy child, to thee be glory forever. So I mean, these are very basic statements of faith. It's yeah. not substitutionary atonement. No, no. It's, not the, it's not the imputation of an alien righteousness, but, mm -hmm. but there's crediting a merciful Father through Christ, salvation coming through Christ, yeah. and um, just genuine <coughs> thanks going on there. Mm -hmm. And so that's my... My heart resonates with that in its simplicity. Mm -hmm. Totally, totally. It just sucks that there's not more gospel, you know. You sort of feel like this thing needs to just break yeah. out with some gospel, you know. And yeah, as you said, I mean, it's there. It's just, it's it's sort of basic and implicit. But I mean, where's the substitution? Where's what Paul was on about? Where's the resurrection, you know? I hear you. Although we're getting there. I mean, chapter 10 is great. Kevin, anyway, go for it. Yeah. As this broken bread was scattered upon the mountains, <clears throat> but was brought together and became one, so let thy church be gathered together from the ends of the earth into thy kingdom. For thine is the glory and the power through Jesus Christ forever. So this is great. I mean, they're at the communion table. Yeah. And part of the prayer is for the church of all nations to be gathered together. So this mm. is a little bit of a missions-mindedness right. going right. on here. So, awesome. Cool. Verse 5, closed membership. But let none, or let none eat or drink of your Eucharist except those who have been baptized yeah. in the Lord's name. Come on. Close table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For concerning this also did the Lord say, give not that which is holy to the dogs. Yeah. There we go. There we go. So, no unbelievers. Those who are not baptized, and of course, in the early church practice, we can't be anachronistic and impose our um, you know, Peter Baptist versus Credo Baptist debates on them. Mm. They're talking here about those who are not believers coming to the table. Right, and they um, they actually had everyone had to leave when they did this. You know, this was the whole cannibal thing that that um, emerged. You know the story there. <laughs> so basically, like no one knew what yeah. was going on. You know, inside the the, the event, because if you weren't even you couldn't hang around and watch. You had to leave while they ate and drank the body of Christ. You know, it was just a super weird thing. Yeah. Well, they had a love feast and ate and drank blood. <laughs> it's like, dude, yeah. you were asking for that one. But yeah, totally. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Chapter 10, the mm -hmm. final prayer in the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. But after you are satisfied with food, so that might maybe an indication of a meal, you know, accompanying the Eucharist. Yes. Thus give thanks. We give thanks to thee, O Holy Father, for thy holy name, which thou dost make to tabernacle in our hearts, sovereignty of God and salvation, mm -hmm. and for the knowledge and faith and immortality, which thou dost make known to us through Jesus, thy child, so mm -hmm. salvation through Christ. Yeah, and the ta the tabernacle in our hearts thing is huge, you know? Yeah. That, that's some pretty sophisticated stuff going on there. Yeah, that's good. It's yeah. good theology. So, so, I mean, it's basic. Yeah. It's not it's not according to the categories that we've developed through church history, but it's it's good. But it's better than a lot of people three. now. You know, they they, they don't <laughs> understand that, you know, that tabernacle uh, uh, you know, so yeah, that was huge. That's that's the most gospel yeah. moment right there for me. The tabernacle in our hearts thing. You know, the, the mm. meeting place of God and man and the blood sacrifice and everything, just they understand that. Um Yeah. Potentially, yeah. Good. Verse three. Thou, Lord Almighty, didst create all things for thy namesake, 
hand didst give food and drink to men for their enjoyment, that they might give thanks to thee. But us hast thou blessed with spiritual food and drink and eternal light through thy child. Mm. Above all, we give thanks to thee, for thou art mighty. To thee be glory forever. Remember, Lord, thy church, to deliver it from all evil and to make it perfect in thy love and gather it together in its holiness from the four winds to thy kingdom, which thou hast prepared for it. For thine is the power and the glory forever. Let grace come and let this world pass away. Hosanna to the God of David. If any man be holy, let him come. If any man be not, let him repent. Maranatha, amen. But suffer the prophets to hold Eucharist as they will. Wow. <laughs> Random. <laughs> and now that we just said the word prophets, Hyperlink, Hyperlink, chapter 11. Yeah. That's about, yeah. There we go. But it's, it's kind so of powerful. It's, it's like the last yeah. verse of Revelation kind of thing. It's just, dude, <laughs> they're, just lay, <laughs> they're just laying it on, man. It's just like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, good. I mean, we're in the first century and, you know, the first century church would have probably have had prophets and, you know, yeah. it's still the first century. Yeah. The end of that original <laughs> era had not quite come to an end. Yeah. And so they would have been feeling the residue and the remnants and the leftovers of a lot of stuff that would yeah. have been going on during right. the first century. Yeah. And almost. Uh, um, so they do talk about things that don't apply to us. Yeah. They would have been scratching their heads, I think, for a lot of the situations because that's where you'd, I mean, you'd really you'd feel less and less of the authentic thing and more and more of the, you know, the inauthentic thing. And so this would have been a vexing issue for them. Yeah. Yeah. So here is some instruction along those lines and um, how long this instruction had been in the church. We don't know. This yeah. could be, you know, this, this Didache could be 20 years old by the time it was written late first century. And so that's, that's one of the reasons to read it, right? That's the, for the potentiality that it, it affords some light on some of these things. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Let's read verse one. Right. Whosoever then comes and teaches you all these things aforesaid, mm -hmm. receive him. Mm -hmm. So this is a how to teach true from false teachers manual as well. Yeah. But if the teacher himself be perverted and teach another doctrine to destroy these things, do not listen to him. But if his teaching be for the increase of righteousness and knowledge of the Lord, receive him as the Lord. Mm. Good. And concerning the apostles and prophets, Act thus according to the ordinance of the gospel. Let every apostle who comes to you be received as the Lord, but let him not stay more than one day, <laughs> <laughs> or if need be, a second as well. But if he stay three days, he is a false prophet. Three strikes, baby, and you're out. But mm. now, listen, the thing is, I get that. I actually get that because, I mean, th that's the whole, um, you know, Jesus sending the 72 out or the 70, depending which uh, angle you're coming from there. And um, and the the whole idea of being just, uh, you know, you're not, you're not sort of... Uh, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Just just abusing the hospitality given to you. You're accepting it. You're not refusing it. Um, and maybe there was some sort of a, a thing there where the you know the prophets themselves would know that they'd exceed their welcome, or the apostles would exceed their welcome on the third day. It was a kind of a, a way to just show it. there's no way you know we're going to overburden people or something along those lines. You know, it could have been it could have been legit. Yes, maybe it's just a hyperliteral carryover. Yeah, yeah. totally. <clears throat> okay, verse six. Yeah, and, and sorry, one more thing. One more thing. Goes, just sorry, yeah, sorry, one yeah. more thing. Uh, just those first three verses. I mean, that's that's almost like directly verbatim John in one John in First John the epistle. 
Um, you yep. know, and even verse 4, let true. every apostle who comes to you be received as the Lord. True, true. There we go. The stipulations of the length of stay, which is ridiculous because Paul stayed in uh, Ephesus for three years, Corinthians 18 months, you know, three days. He's <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Right, right. Although, <laughs> although, you know, they're not, they're maybe there's a distinguishing in their mind, you know, between that and the kind of the, the guy that they don't know, you know, the one who, the one that they're trying to check out and, and, uh, and, you know, if, I don't know, I could see that working because it's like, you could see if a guy was dodgy, right. And, you know, he just, he was looking for to get some free sort of stuff out of it. You know, he'd, he'd exceed his welcome. Yeah. Whereas you, so maybe there were those doing money and they're well known like prosperity teachers yeah and yeah. as soon as they say so the seed in faith boom yeah. they're out yeah exactly <laughs> so maybe there was a, a common practice amongst the false apostles that that they're, they're looking for yeah. yeah have you heard that thing about benny hinton repenting i have heard it what do you think but whether it's i, I watched it i watched have you watched it on youtube i have yeah yeah interesting I so crazy Dude, it's a performance do you think it's so? just a big fat performance Wow. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to wait and see on that one. The dude's just been, his, his name's been dragged through the mud. Yeah. Through right. his, his nephew, Costa. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Whatever his name is. Yeah. And so, Costi, uh, Costi Hin, I think it is. Yeah. Um, so, I think he's he's just reacting to some bad publicity. Right. But Justin Peters reckons that shortly after making that announcement, his ministry put out an advert for uh, $120 to get out of debt pledge no thing. No way. Really? <laughs> oh. Yeah. So it may just be like he hasn't quite worked it through the system yet and it hasn't fallen into the administration yet. Or could, it could but, be a uh, new level of low. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see that. Watch this space. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Okay, cool. Anyway, so talking about an apostle and all. Um, all right, cool. Keep going. <laughs> Verse six, yeah. and when an apostle goes forth, let him accept nothing but bread till he reach his night's lodging. Take that, Benny. But if he asks for money, he is a false prophet. <laughs> Take that, Benny. I love this one. Verse yeah. seven. Yeah. Check this one out. Do not <coughs> test or examine any prophet who is speaking in a spirit. For every sin shall be forgiven, but this sin shall not be forgiven. Yeah. Well, you know, I read that. I read that and I was thinking, oh, you know, because that might be a weird carryover from, I mean, because look at the next verse, okay? Um, Not everyone. I just didn't understand what Jesus meant by blaspheming the Holy Spirit. That's what it sounds like to me. But look at the next verse. He says, but not everyone who speaks in the Spirit is a prophet except he have the behavior of the Lord, okay? So it's almost like the idea then is that first examine his behavior, ascertain somehow through these given criterion that that um, this person is a prophet. And once you've established that, don't don't question it, is the idea. Versus yeah, everyone like be on... on fear. Yeah. But it just sort of like comes against the idea of everyone constantly examining every word at every point, just being all twitchy, you know, um, which is the feeling I got from that, which might have some substance yeah, to it. Look- I think I think it's true that perhaps they were they were hypercritical and like hey give the guys a break just let him talk you know test him by his fruit you know you know <laughs> let the guy get through the door and say something maybe not pull the blasphemy of the spirit angle though but also <laughs> exactly yeah it betrays a, a little superstitious fear there as well right totally 
Um, totally. Yeah. But, you know, cool. if they were coming over from the apostolic prophetic sort of deal, then maybe there was an extra weight to it. I don't know. But anyways, moving on. And no prophet who orders a meal in a spirit shall eat of it. Yeah. Otherwise, he is a false prophet. <laughs> That's awesome. And every prophet who teaches the truth, if he do not what he teaches, he is a false prophet. Yeah. True. True. Come on. But no prophet who has been tried and is genuine, though he enact a worldly mystery of the church, if he teach not others to do what he does himself, shall be judged by you. For he has his judgment with God. For so also did the prophets of old. Oof, that's a big sentence. <laughs> yeah. So there's a little footnote in mine says, this passage has never been satisfactorily explained. It probably refers to a tendency among some prophets to introduce forms of worship or of illustration of their teaching or of doubtful propriety. If so, the reference below to the prophets of old is probably an allusion to Hosea, mm. who married a prostitute. Interesting. <laughs> right. so, so they're going all, um, yeah. they're like doing worldly mysteries. <laughs> They're acting out some some yeah. parables that are a little a little bit below the belt, and actually like Isaiah running around naked. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, funny, <laughs> bro. Cool. So if 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 he's been speaking true stuff and then he does this crazy thing, <laughs> give him the benefit of the doubt. That's probably what it's saying. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Cool. Verse twelve. Yeah. But whosoever shall say in a spirit, give me money or something else, you shall not listen to him. But if he tell you to give on behalf of others in want, let none judge him. Mm. So again, you're just looking for someone who's greedy or someone who's encouraging you to be generous. Mm. It's, it's good. Yeah. Cool. Chapter 12. Let everyone who comes in the name of the Lord be dude, received. Just, but when you have tested him. Are we going to yeah. make it through this whole thing, dude? There's so many still left. How long have we been going how long have we been going? I don't know. We're, we're chapter chapter 12. How many have we got left? Up to 16. 16. I don't know, man. I think we need to put this under the neck. Cool. We, we need to have let's, mercy. Let's crash land there. Yeah, crash land. Let's have mercy. If we're going to crash land this like one of Nick's sermons. This is going to be great. <laughs> the end. The end. Let, let Thank you for listening to my sermon. <laughs> I will sit down uh, now. Uh, we, we don't have enough time to finish. I think I'll just stop here. Let's pray. <laughs> True story, folks. It's not even a joke. <laughs> Nick actually does that. He just literally stops like, and it's over. Done. Cold. End yeah. of story. All right. So, uh, do we get to our go to, go to church point? Ah, oh, find a place quick, quick, quick. No, there... no, that's chapter 14. Uh, and it says, on the Lord's day of the Lord, come together, right. break bread and hold Eucharist. After confessing your transgressions, that your offering may be pure. There we go. That's good enough for me. Go to church. Amen. And um, we'll catch you on the flip side for the next Sojourner Pod Week. Bless you. Thanks, Nick. Mm-hmm.